Praise the Lord that although the situation has so much uncertainty, he still allows us to gather together in his name so that we can speak the word of God. We can come to the very subject that we will be touching in this conference, which is the will of God, which is the will of God. This morning, while I was uh, in my morning revival, I read a verse that touched me very much. And this verse is actually in Amos 3.7. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord Jehovah will not do anything unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophet. The Lord Jehovah will not do anything until or unless he reveals his secret to his servant, the prophet. So for this conference, I just hope that the Lord would actually reveal to us his will. You know, we are worried. We don't know what is the future. But there is the will of God. And so may the will of God really touch us, really touch us. May the will of God really show us what he is after. Recently, I came across another passage, which was actually spoken by Watchman Nee in the 40s. And it, that passage was spoken to some saints in Shanghai. And one of the sisters, who happened to be a Western missionary, was overwhelmed by what Brother Nee shared. Brother Nee portrayed the will of God, and he portrayed it from the eternity in the past to the eternity in the future. And he says that the essence of what is in the will of God is that this will of God is from eternity past to the eternity future. And so he shared that in the beginning there was only one will, God's undisputed will. Then Satan fell, and in the universe there was a second will, a rebellious will. Later, God created men with a free will, able to choose to be one either with God or with Satan. In eternity future, after Satan has been cast into the lake of fire, there will again be one will in the universe, but a will not the same as the beginning. I was very touched with this. He said, in the eternity future, there will be again one will, for God's will and man's will will be perfectly blended into one will. So as we come to this conference, I just pray and hope that the Lord will speak to us again. Paul was a rebellious one, but one day he saw something. He saw a light that is brighter than the midday sun. He saw a vision of the glorified, resurrected, and ascended Christ. At that time, he asked two questions. Who are you, Lord? 
And the Lord answered, I am Jesus. Then he asked the second question, What shall I do, Lord? What shall I do, Lord? To this the Lord said, Go into the city. It will be told you what you must do. And yes, it was told to him what he must do through a little brother by the name of Ananias. And in Acts twenty-two fourteen, it says, The God of our father, this is Ananias speaking to Paul. He said, The God of our father has previously appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the voice from his mouth. May the Lord speak to us again so that we will see his will. We will see the righteous one, and we will hear his voice. In relationship to this general subject of this conference, what was spoken here is extremely significant. So I hope we can all turn to our spirit, open our entire being to him, you know, set our mind on our spirit, and exercise our spirit, you know, so that we can be lifted up, you know, above the common thought of God's will. Probably in our common thought, it is, what is God's will for me? What is God's will for my life? You know, there is a place for this, but in this conference, we want to come to a deeper understanding of what this God's will is, the will of God. You know, the subject of this conference is the eternal will of God. We will see in one of the outline, it also talks about the lofty will of God, and we will also see in Matthew 4, that this will that we will be talking about is the great will of God. It's the great will of God. Oh, may we understand, especially when we come to Revelation 4.11, that this will of God is the source of the whole entire universe. Every positive thing that exists in creation came about because of the will of God. Oh, the source of the will of God is the source of everything that is created. This is God's good pleasure. This is God's eternal purpose. This is God's economy. So when we come to this subject of the will of God, we must recognize that this subject matter is very profound. Though the fact that Ananias was sent to Paul to tell Paul that he was appointed to know God's will indicates that prior to that, no one really knew the will of God. No one really knew the word of God. But praise the Lord in John, in the Gospel of John, we saw that our Lord Jesus Christ actually knew the will of God. That's why in John 6.38, the Lord said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Then in John 4.34, 
he also said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Okay, you know, before the Lord went to the cross, he was struggling in his prayer, wondering what he should do with the cup that the Lord, that God has set before him. But here in Luke 22, verse 20, 42, the Lord prayed this way, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Not, yet not by will, but yours be done. So from the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see that he was governed by the will of God. You know, he was not governed by his work or the cup that he was supposed to take, but by the will of God. He came down from heaven for the will of God. He lived and died for the will of God. So we can see from the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his teaching, in his work, in his God-man living, in his crucifixion, in his human life, everything, you know, incarnation, crucifixion, human life, ascension, all this, you know, is to do the will of God. He was enthroned for the will of God. Okay, and praise the Lord. There was one who was chosen, and his name was Paul. He was appointed to know the will of God. So today, if we want to know the will of God, oh, we want to know this eternal will of God, we have to learn from Paul. We have to learn from Paul. It is Paul who shared in Colossians 1, nine. Therefore we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease praying and asking on your behalf that you may be filled with the full knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So we see Paul saw something. That's why he prayed according to that thing that he has seen. He wants us all to be filled with the full knowledge of his will with uh in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And he also said in Ephesians 1, five, predestining us unto sonship through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Here he's talking about the good pleasure of his will. In Ephesians 1.9, you know, Paul talked about the mystery of his will which is according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. In Ephesians 1.11, he said that in whom, in Christ also, we were designated as an inheritance, having been predestinated according to the purpose of the one who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, according to the counsel of his will. So as we read the writing of Paul, may we come to the Lord and ask the Lord to have mercy on us, to make us those that are poor in our spirit. You know, we may have heard something about the will of God before, but how about for this conference, 
Let's set all things aside. Let's come to the Lord with a poor spirit so that the Lord will speak to us again. Let's ask the Lord to keep us wide open to him, to his speaking, so that we can receive light, life, spiritual understanding, and so that we can all advance personally, each one of us, according to our portion, according to our function, and according to our measure. So, even now, maybe especially now, when the world is going through situation, inexplicable situation, we must continue to see that this God is a sovereign God. He's a sovereign God with a will. He's the one that is sitting on the throne, and in him there is no accident. You know, this will that we are talking about is the will in the universe, so vast a will. You know, so may the Lord really find us here on earth to really know his will and to do his will. Oh, we want to pray to the Lord that he will find us as a collective entity, you know, so that we can be one in our prayer as the intercessory Christ, you know, for his will to be done on earth. We need to pray that the Lord would put us under his headship, willing to be headed up in all matters so that God may advance through the church to, to head us all up to head up many more things on earth, eventually the whole universe. So when we come to this outline, you know, message one says, the mystery of God's will in the universe. The mystery of God's will in the universe. If we go back to the writing of Paul, in Ephesians 5.32, you know, Paul said that this mystery is great, and he is speaking about Christ and the church. Yes, Christ's will has a mystery, okay, a mystery that has been hidden throughout all the ages. Yes, this mystery of God's will has been hidden throughout the ages. But praise the Lord, this will, this mystery, which is the will of God, has been made known to the church through the apostles. This will is a will in the universe. This mystery is a mystery of the universe. So when we see this, we need to recognize that this mystery is all in a matter of God's will. It is related very much to the desire of God's heart. So, as we come to messages like this, we should remember that most Christian doesn't see this crucial and vital matter. Okay, they do not see the will of God as it is portrayed by the Apostle Paul. So, I just hope that the Lord will really show us that what his will is, is for him to make us many sons. 
He's working himself into us, you know, so that we can be the new Jerusalem that he's after. So we need to see that God's goal is to work himself into our very being, to make us the body of Christ so that we can be the prepare of bride to bring in the kingdom of God. Okay? Now, Roman number one said, we need, we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to understand what the will of the Lord is. And Ephesians 5.17 says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be foolish like the people in this world today. But we want to be people that are not foolish so that we can understand what the will of the Lord is. Before this verse, in 5.16 of Ephesians, Paul said, redeem the time. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time. Why do we need to redeem the time? We need to redeem the time so that we will be able to live for and in the will of God. We need to understand the will of God. And may the will of God reshape us or even to rearrange our priority. Brothers and sisters, let's not be wrapped by the enemy of the Lord. Let's not be robbed by the enemy of the Lord. Okay, when we come back to Colossians 19, 1, 9, it is saying that the Paul is praying, and we too must pray, that we may be filled with the full knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So I hope throughout the conference, we would pray that the Lord will fill us with the full knowledge of his will. Okay, in Roman number two, we come to a definition of God's will. God's will is what he wants and what he intends to accomplish. Okay, we should see everything is created, everything come into being because of the intention of our Lord. What he wants to do is to accomplish his will. And Ahir said, God has an eternal will, which is the source of his eternal purpose. God has an eternal will. Okay, like in Ephesians 1.11 that we read a while ago, everything we have been predestinated according to the purpose of the one who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay. And then B here says, since God is eternal, without beginning or ending, his will is also eternal, so profound and so vast. It lies at the heart of the origin of the universe. It lies at the heart of the origins of the, new, of the universe. That's why in 
Revelation 4.11. You know, we saw how that, you know, all things are created because of the will of the Lord. Okay, we were created because of this will. And then see here says, God created all things for his will so that he might accomplish and fulfill his purpose. Ephesians 3.11 say, it's according to the eternal purpose. According to the eternal purpose. Okay, if we go to another verse, which is in 2 Timothy 1.9, it tells us even of our salvation is according to his eternal will. That verse says, Oh, we, the Lord has saved us according to his own purpose and grace. According to his own purpose and grace. Today we need to see the will of God. We need to follow closely according to the will of God. You know, we can say that Ephesians 3.11 is actually before Galatians 1, 26 and 28. It's because of the will of God. It's because of his eternal purpose that he has created us in his image and according to his likeness so that we can express him, so that we can represent him. You know, so that he will have his image and he would have his dominion. And D here says the will of God is concentrated in Christ. It is for Christ to have the first place in all things. Christ is everything in God's eternal will. And E says, God wants to have Christ with the church. God wants to have Christ with the church. Oh, praise the Lord, we are involved. Christ wants to Christ with the church. The will of God is to obtain the church as the body of Christ. So our burden is to pray to the Lord that he would bring us into the very reality of the body of Christ. That this body of Christ would be built up for the preparation of the bride so that we, as the bride, could meet the bridegroom. We can hasten the return of the Lord. And Ephew says, God in Christ as the Spirit is now working within us is now working within us to accomplish his eternal will, to have the new Jerusalem, the wife of the Lamb, filled with the glory of God for his eternal expression in the new heaven and new earth. In the new heaven and new earth. You know, what the Lord is after is to have this new Jerusalem, here we see this new Jerusalem is actually a person, the wife of the Lamb. If we come to the verse in Revelation 21, 9, you know the Lord called John, say, come up here and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So we may expect to see a person 
But the next verse says, He carried me away in spirit unto a great and high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. So this wife of God is actually the New Jerusalem. Okay, Roman number three says, According to the good pleasure of his will, God predestined us unto sonship. Oh, God predestined us unto sonship. You know, in Ephesians 1.5, when he say predestining us unto sonship, through Jesus Christ to himself, when we read this verse, we need to recognize that we don't have a choice. Even before we were born, even before the creation of heaven and earth, this very God has already predestinated us unto sonship according to the good pleasure of his will. Okay, so what the Lord is telling us is that he doesn't really need our permission, you know, for us to become his son. He wants us to be his son. And what does the son do? The son expresses the father. The son expresses the father. Okay, A here said, God has a will in which is his good pleasure. God's good pleasure is of his will and is embodied in his will. So his will come first. You know, before everything else, before the purpose, he has a will and this will actually comes first. And B here says, God's good pleasure is what makes him happy, what makes God happy. It is the desire of his heart, the living, loving, and purposely God surely has a heart's desire. I think we need to know this. He is God, and he has a desire in his heart. Okay, And see here, says, God's predestined us to be his son, according to his pleasure, according to the desire of his heart. Oh, that just ask the Lord to make this so real to us. He predestinated us so that we can be his son. You know, the son is the delight of the father. You know, he wants us to be his delight. He predestinated us to be his son. So may the Lord really motivate us really open our eyes that what the Lord is doing, what God is doing, is to predestinate us unto his son, to become his son. So there's one and two is talking about. One is talking about he wants to make us holy, and two is talking about so that we can be his son. Okay? Before the foundation of the world, God chose us to be holy, to be made holy, to be sanctified by God through his dispensing himself into us, and then mingling his nature with us, and then mingling his nature with us. So, for us to be holy, we have to be mingled with the nature of God. God is holy. His nature is holy. So, when we talk about 
you know, we are being made holy without blemish before him in love. What the Lord is wanting to do is to mingle himself with us, mingle his nature with us. But we need to see that this is the procedure. This is a process. This is not the goal. This is not the goal. The goal is in number two here. To be sons of God is the aim, the goal. And it's a matter of being joined to the Son of God and conformed to the image of the firstborn Son of God so that our whole being may be sunized by God. So that our whole being may be sunized by God. To be holy, we need to mingle with the nature of God. We need to be mingled with God. To be sunized means we have to be formed into the sons of God. We need to be conformed to the image of the firstborn son of God. You know, so that we and him all could be one. Okay, and then we come to Roman number four. It says here, we have been predestinated according to the purpose of the one who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Again, this is from the verse, Ephesians 1, 11. You know, when we read this verse, you know, we need to ask the Lord to make us pray over this word. You know, it is very good to pray and read the word of God, especially verses like this. Predestinate us according to the purpose of the one who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You know, here we talk about the counsel of his will. How the Lord predestinate us. You know, first is according to the Spirit of the Son of God. He also predestinated us according to the life of the Son of God. You know, this is how he did all things in us so that we can be the sons of God. Okay? So, when we talk about the counsel of his will, it is through the meeting of the Godhead. They came into a detailed plan according to their purpose so that he can work out themselves into this corporate man so that we can be the body of Christ for his expression, for his representation. Okay, A here says, God's will is his intention, and God's counsel is his consideration of the way to accomplish his will and his intention. And B here says, according to his will, a counsel was held by the Trinity before the foundation of the world to make a counsel, a decision. So the first counsel here is C-I-L, the second is S-E-L. A council, a meeting was held to make a decision, a council, which is his determined decision, his determined will. Okay, this is what the Lord, you know, when we come to this, you know, I hope we would all see that it is the will of God to defeat his enemy through the church, the body of Christ that would join with him in this battle against his enemy. 
you know, today when we see things, you know, we may not feel very comfortable of how the Lord is going to do this. But recently, I read again that he will finish the work that he has begun. He will finish the work that he has begun. Oh, we need to believe in him as the sovereign one. He would do it. He will do it. Yes, the enemy will try to defeat us, but today, you know, we can trust in the Lord because it is his will to defeat his enemy through us. Oh, praise the Lord that he will finish what he has begun. Okay, so today we need to join to the Lord, you know, so that he can fulfill what is in his heart. So when we come to Romans 5, he said God's will was hidden in him. It's a mystery. That's why in Ephesians 1, nine speaks of the mystery of his will. Okay. So again, when we talk about mystery, it is said that it is a mystery because it's not so easy to understand. But today, we can come to the Lord in our spirit and we can ask for his mercy so that we will know what was revealed to Paul? Oh, just like the Lord has shined upon Paul, oh, to show Paul what is the mystery of his will, may the Lord also show us today this mystery of his will. In eternity, God has a will, but this will was hidden in him. Hence, it was a mystery. It was a mystery. Oh, but praise the Lord. This mystery was revealed to this rebellious one called Saul. He was touched by the Lord. He was converted by the Lord to become Saul. That's why he was in prison, especially when he was in prison. He wrote these two books, the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. Okay, so when we come, to these two books, we would be touched. We would be shown the will of God. And be here says, in the pleasure of his heart and in his wisdom and prudence, God made his hidden mystery known to us, known to us through his revelation in Christ. That is through Christ's incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Okay, when we look at these things, you know, let's ask the Lord to reveal all this thing to us according to its intrinsic spiritual significance. Yes, you know, through his wisdom and prudence, he has to make this hidden thing known to us uh, through his revelation in Christ. So that when we come to the matter of Christ's incarnation, we do not just see the outward things about his incarnation. Oh, we would see the different will of God in his coming to this earth. When we see his crucifixion, we should also be very much touched by the cross that the Lord 
has taken, so that not only would he save us from our sinful nature, he would actually dispense his life into us to make us a person that could be joined to him. Oh, praise the Lord for his resurrection. He became the life-giving spirit. And for his ascension, where he was enthroned, today as Christ who has been enthroned, this heavenly Christ who has been sitting at the side of God, he is dispensing himself into us. It is his pleasure, the pleasure of his heart, to continue to dispense himself into us. This is the real thing. This is the fact. So many things that we see outwardly, they are not real because they are here today and they are gone tomorrow. But the only real thing is this very Christ, this very Christ who was incarnated, who was crucified, who was resurrected, and who was ascended. This ascended Christ is the only real thing in this universe. Also, may the Lord really have mercy on us to turn us back again to see this Christ, to focus on this Christ. Okay, then we come to Roman number six. Okay, this is the real burden that we are after. And everything, all this speaking from Roman number one to Roman number five is pointing us to this Roman number. Roman number six says, ultimately, God's will in the universe is to head up all things in Christ through the church as the body of Christ. Ultimately, oh, may we come to this ultimate intention of the Lord. God's will in the universe, this universal will of God, is to head up all things. What do you mean by all things? That means everything. Oh, everything, everything should be headed up. You know, that means, you know, all the things of the earth, our person, our situation, our matters, or everything that we have needs to be headed up, to head up all things in Christ. And this heading up of all things is actually through the church, through the church as the body of Christ. Yes. There is so much confusion on this earth today. Oh, there is so much chaos. So many people are panicking. Oh, so many fear. Even so many inhumanity, degradation of human being. You know, you see, you know, just like in shopping things, people just don't consider others. But when we see all these things, you know, even recently, we saw, you know, how people are not agreeing with the limitation of the government. Oh, when we see all this confusion, may the Lord really show us that behind all this is the enemy. Behind all this is the enemy. Okay, there is an enemy behind all these chaotic things that is happening today. Okay, again, I came across a message from Brother Nee when he was talking about the prayer ministry of the church. 
he said something like this. God will not act alone. God will not act alone. He will make his desire known to us. And then the church needs to rise up and pray. You know, praise the Lord. So many on this earth today are praying. Oh, I enjoy all this prayer, the 21 days prayer, the 30 days prayer, and then the continuation of this prayer. Oh, as the Lord show us his will, made his desire known to us, may we all rise up to see that we need to pray. We need to see that we, we here on earth, we in the church, we the believer of Christ, actually can determine whether he can move, whether the Lord can move or not. You know, we can determine whether the Lord can move or not. We can either release him or we can hinder him. We can release him, we can hinder him. Okay, so we need to come to the Lord and apply this to all our situations so that at this time, Christ will be able to head us all up. Okay, head us all up so that we can allow the Lord to head up all things according to God's way. According to God's way. So A here says, God's eternal intention is in the economy of the fullness of times to head up all things in Christ who has been appointed to be the universal head. Christ is appointed as the universal head. And here in Ephesians one twenty-two, he said, you know, and he subjected all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, having head over all things to the church. So on one hand, we need to see Christ will be the one to head up all things because he is the universal head. But when we come to Ephesians one twenty-two, we can see that he wants to head up all things, but it's to the church, to the church. So, brothers and sisters, we cannot deny it. We are involved and especially in this matter of heading up all things. And B here says, through the dispensation of God in all the ages, in all the ages, yes, we know that it's an age, there is an age before the law. There's an age of the law. And there's the age of the present age, which includes the age of grace, the age of the church, and the age of the mystery. This is called the age of mystery because many doesn't really know what God is after. They do not know the mystery of God's will. Okay, but uh, it says here, to the dispensation of God in all the ages, all things, all things will be headed up in Christ in the new heaven and new earth. This will be God's eternal administration and economy. Then C said, Satan's goal is to corrupt God's creation and to cause confusion, 
That is what Satan is doing. He's causing a lot of confusion. So as we see all this confusion, again, brothers and sisters, we need to pray. We need to pray that the Lord will head us up so that we can take a step to deal with his enemy, to deal with all this chaotic and confusing situation that came from the work of the enemy. And one here says, the entire universe is in a heap of collapse. This is in a heap of collapse, which including all these confusions, all these chaotic things, all this sickness. This is the heap of collapse that Broly is referring to. The entire universe is a heap of collapse caused by Satan, by him injecting himself as the factor of death into God's creation. Okay, this is the heap of collapse, the entire universe. And then two here said, God is working. Yes, Satan is confusing, but God is also working. God is working to liberate his creation from bondage and to bring it into liberty by heading up all things in Christ. By heading up all things in Christ. Okay? And three here says, we all need to be delivered. We all need to be delivered. That should be our prayer. Lord, deliver us. We all need to be delivered from the heap of collapse and be headed up in Christ and be headed up in Christ. When we say we all, that includes ourselves in our personal universe, in our being. We need to be headed up by Christ. Oh, the church needs to be headed up. Oh, we need to pray that the church will be headed up. All the elders need to be headed up. We need to pray for the elders. Oh, that they too will be headed up. We need to pray for all the co-workers, all the co-workers, all international co-workers, co-workers in all the different uh, places on earth, that they'll all be headed up by Christ. You know, we should also pray for our young people. Our young people need to be headed up. Oh, especially to be headed up in this perverted oh, generation. Oh, they have to be perverted. You mean they have to be headed up. You know, we see, it seems like the generation that they are in is even more confusing, more con perverted than ever before. You know, we need to pray for our young people to be headed up. We need to pray. Oh, for the financially poor saints among us, that has, they are going through difficulty like this, they will still keep their faith in the sovereign God. And saints who are more wealthy will also be headed up so that they will care for the less wealthy saints. Oh, we need all of us. We all need to be delivered. We all need to be delivered. So may the Lord save us. Save us all from this heap of collapse. Oh, from the disorder in our being. 
and from the disorder in our living, from the disorder in our being, and also from the disorder in our living. For, he says, God's salvation is to save us, not only from our fallen sinful condition, but also from the heap of collapse, from the heap of collapse. Okay? Now when we come to D, D says, God will subject all things under Christ by heading up all things in Christ through the church as the body of Christ. Okay? Oh, Christ, oh, God will subject all things under Christ by heading up all things. When things are all headed up, then we can enjoy the absolute peace. And we can enjoy harmony. We can enjoy that we are being fully rescued from the heap of collapse. Okay? Oh, may the Lord really head up all things in Christ. And it says here that it's through the church. It's through the church. When we see this through the church, we must remember that this church is produced by Christ. And this church needs to grow up unto a full-grown man so that it can head up all things as the body of Christ. As the body of Christ. Okay? All right. You know, when we come to this item, perhaps it will remind us, for some of the messages were spoken uh, in the crystallization of First and Second Peter, we know the subject of First Peter is that the Christian life, we need to live a Christian life under the government of God. Christian life under the government of God. So when we come to First Peter 4.17, it is good for us to remember that Christian life and church life should be under the government of God. We should also remember that this judgment is needed. This judgment is needed so it will save us from our impure ways of living. And it also says that this judgment will start from the house of God. This judgment will start from the house of God. This principle of judgment being started from the house of God should be applicable to this matter of being headed up. For the all things to be headed up, the Lord has to head up the church. The Lord has to head up the church. That means the Lord has to head up head us up. Okay. So one here says, God is heading up his chosen ones to be the body of Christ, with Christ as the head. Oh Christ, oh God is heading up his chosen ones to be the body of Christ, to have the reality of the body of Christ, Christ must head us all up. Christ must be the head. Okay, we will see later in A here, it says, 
for this church to be produced, for this church to grow, for this church to be headed up. We need the transmission by the transcending Christ. We need this Christ who is sitting at the right side of God in the heaven to transmit himself to us so that we can be the reality. We, the chosen ones, we, the redeemed ones, could be the body of Christ. Will the body of Christ simply say that Christ is the head and we are his body? And Ahir says, Christ's headship is being transmitted to the church. This means that in a sense, oh, I love this, in a sense, we can share the headship of Christ over all things. We can share the headship of Christ over all things. If we are the body of Christ, we as the body of Christ, we as, you know, together with the head of the body, we are one entity. So as Christ is heading up all things, we too are heading up all things. You know. Okay? We can be like Christ. We can be over all things. You know, while we are in the world today, we can still be over all things in this world. The church is under nothing but Christ himself. We are above everything else because we are the body of the one who is over all things. Oh, we are above everything so today, we need to have this view that we are above all things. We need to recognize things from the heaven, not with the viewpoint of the earth. Okay? The first step in the heading up of all things in Christ is for God to bring his chosen one, yes, his sons, out of the universal collapse and to place them under the headship of Christ. Oh, to bring his chosen one, his sons, out of the universal collapse and to place them under the headship of Christ. So, brothers and sisters, we must take the lead to be headed up. We have no choice. If we want Christ to head up all things, we need to take the lead to be headed up. So may the Lord really preserve us, preserve the whole church, preserve our young people, oh, preserve every one of us so that we can first be headed up. Okay, we must take the first step. Okay, when the church takes the lead to be headed up in Christ, God has a way to head up all things, all other things. You know, God needs a way. God needs a way. You know, to be headed up in Christ, this is very much a matter of life. Without our growing in life, we will not be headed up. Okay, so this being headed up in Christ is not an organizational matter. It's very much an organic matter. We need to grow in this life because this very matter of being headed up in Christ 
is a matter of life. Yes, it says you, God has a way. Truly, God has a way. Okay, God has a way. Because the Lord himself say, he is the way. And today, if we are one with the Lord, the church is also the way for Christ to head up all things. The church should be the way for Christ to head up all things. But when we consider things, we should not think that this is something automatic. You know, this is not something that just happened. Because we can decide whether Christ can head up all things or not. We determine whether Christ has a way or not. Okay, we can be a barrier Oh, we can also be a way for Christ to head up all things. If we do not touch the Lord, if we are not one with the Lord, then we will be a barrier. But if we touch the Lord, we will be a way for Christ to head up all things. Again, not to pray. If we do not pray, we will be a barrier. But if we Pray to the Lord according to the desire that he has revealed to us. We would be a way for Christ to head up all things. You know, as we are going through things, if we sit there passively just watching things, we will be a barrier. But if we ask the Lord to enliven us, to empower us, to be one with him, even in this matter of prayer, so that the will of God will be done on the earth, then we can be a way for Christ to head up all things. Okay? And so A here says, the church is the vessel used by God to solve his problem and to fulfill his purpose, which is to manifest himself through men by mingling himself with men. The church is the vessel. The Lord would want to do it through the church. The church is the vessels. Okay, so that uh, his purpose could be fulfilled. Okay, and so we could see that the church itself is not the solution. But the church is the vessel for the solution that the Lord would be able to head up all things so that he could be manifested through the church by mingling himself with the church. Okay, and B here says, eventually, eventually, the body of Christ as the head will be the universal head. The body with Christ as the head will be the universal head over all things. Everything. Oh. And then when we come to three, may the Lord give us from fresh understanding of what the church life is all about. The church life is a life of being headed up. The church life is a life of being headed up. That means, you know, we have to hold on to the truth in love so that we can grow into him in all things, who is the head, 
Christ. Okay, A here says, in the proper church life, we are being headed up in Christ. We are being headed up in Christ. Oh, for us to be headed up in Christ, we must have such an intimate connection, intimate relationship with this Christ so that we can be in Christ, so that the church life that we are in would be a proper church life. And B here said, if we do not know what is to be headed up in Christ, we cannot know the church. He did not say we do not know the church. He said we cannot. So for us to know the church, we need to be headed up in Christ. And see, in the church life, we are taking the lead to be headed up in Christ. For this, we need to grow in life. We need to grow up into him in all things. We need to grow in life. Okay, then details. We are headed up through the divine dispensing. Oh, praise the Lord, we are being headed up through the divine dispensing. Okay. And then Eve says, God is working himself into his chosen and redeemed ones through an administration that is a sweet dispensing, an intimate stewardship, a comfortable household arrangement. How is God working himself into us? It's through this sweet dispensing, intimate stewardship, and a comfortable household arrangement. So, we need to consider, how is our church life today? What is the atmosphere in the church today? Is it full of sweet dispensing, intimate stewardship, and comfortable household arrangement? Oh, do we just serve the church out of duty? We are just performing an obligation. But here the Lord wants us to touch him in his desire, oh, to shepherd the saints according to himself, full of sweet dispensing, intimate stewardship, and a comfortable arrangement. Okay? When we come to E, we come to the point of how the Lord would use, what is the means that the Lord would use to head up the church life. So E here says, the heading up in the church life is by life and by light. It's by life and by light. Praise the Lord. When we talk about life, life regulates. And light actually controls. Life regulates and light controls. We can even see this in our daily life. You know, the life that we are talking about is the divine life. And this divine life actually regulates us. Oh, we can be under the shining of this light. When we have the shining of the light of God, we are controlled by his light. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord for John eight twelve. He said, again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall by no means walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. But shall have the light of life. 
Okay, one here said, God's way of recovery is Christ versus Satan. Life versus death. Light versus darkness. And order versus confusion. So what is God's way? God's way is Christ. God's way is life. God's way is light. And God's way bring in the order. Okay, this is God's way. Okay. Now in two here says, the collapse come from the factor of death. And heading up comes from the factor of life. Okay, the collapse come from the factor of death. And then heading up comes from the factor of life. Come from the factor of life. You know, that means for us to be headed up, we need to have a growth in life. When we grow in life, we will have the light of life. And under this life, everything will be kept in order. Okay, everything will be kept in order. So when we talk about this factor of life, praise the Lord, this factor, this life, is actually operating in us. And it's operating even more through our prayer, through the prayer of the church. Oh, through our prayer, through our being headed up by Christ, you know, Christ would be able to hold up everything from the heap of collapse. Okay, three here said, God's way, oh, praise the Lord for God's way, is to recover the oneness among his creation. Oh, among his creation. Okay? But how does he do that? It is by imparting himself into us, as life. To impart himself into us, as life. Praise the Lord. I believe we even experience it these days. We are just like the people in the world. But in other sense, we are different from them because we have this life in us. With this life, we are full of peace. We are full of life. We are full of being headed up by Christ. Oh, praise the Lord, we have a head. And then four, he says, in order to be delivered from the heap of collapse in a practical way, you need to grow in life. Yes, we need to grow in life. It will be a sad thing for us that after we go through all this environment, we stay the same. There is no growth in life. Oh, I hope the Lord will really have mercy on us to cause us to grow in life. And he continued by saying, the more we grow in life, the more we will be headed up, the more we will be rescued from the universal collapse, from the universal collapse, okay? So we could see that Christ is heading up all things through our growth in life. And five, he says, when God comes into us as life, the light of light shine within us. The light of life would shine within us. Oh, this light is the attributes of God. It is the nature of God's expression. Oh, when we come under this light, 
we could be joined to the nature of God. In John 1, 4, is precious. He said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the life was the light of men. You know, I remember this verse in Psalm 36, 9. He said, for with you is the fountain of life. For with Christ there is a fountain of life. In your light, we will see light. In your light, we will see light. Okay, Ahir says, This life swallowed death, and this light dispelled darkness. So there will be no more darkness left. There will be no more night. In Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of men is the Lamb of Jehovah, searching all the innermost part of our inner being. The spirit of man is the Lamb of Jehovah, searching all the innermost part of our inner being. So today we need to pray to the Lord. We need to turn to our spirit. Lord Jesus, you in our spirit, in the Lamb of Jehovah, Search us, Lord. Search us, Lord, so that uh, we can live according to the will of God. Okay? If we are in the life and under the light, we will be delivered out of confusion and brought into order, harmony, and oneness. In the new heaven and new earth, with the new Jerusalem as the center all things will be headed up in Christ. This will be the complete fulfillment of Ephesians 1.10. Oh, it will be a completion of the fulfillment of Ephesians 1.10. Okay. Which is to head up all things in Christ. The things in the heaven and the things on the earth in Him. Okay. So, one here says, in the new Jerusalem, everything will be saturated with life and will be under the light. In Revelation 21, we see the head, the body surrounding the head, and all the nation walking in the light of the city. The whole universe will be headed up in the light, shone through the transparent city. This is message one. So may the Lord really shine upon us so that we can all know the will of God and do the will of God and live under the will of God. Oh, we need to pray so much so that we can experience this life and be saturated with this life because this life has the light so that the light will shine upon us. Oh, we need to pray that God's way could be fulfilled in us, the way for him to head up all things. So by the grace of God, we are chosen to be the way for God to move on earth. So we need to pray very much that his will will be done on earth as in the heaven and that his kingdom will come. Praise the Lord.